This is Gareth Southgate, and this is the Three Lions Podcast. Welcome to the Three Lions Podcast. My name is Russell Osborne and this is episode 67. Now, first of all, thank you for the feedback on the recent episode. We're ahead of England's 1,000th game later this month. I took a look back at England's first game way back in 1872. It is still available on your usual podcast platform. Seriously, I've been overwhelmed by the reaction. Thank you very much. Now, speaking of Wembley, like me, some of you may be heading there twice within a few days soon. Of course, England's men play Montenegro on the 14th and we'll have our preview to that out very soon. But before that, the Lionesses make it their home when they take on Germany on Saturday the 9th. Then they're also in action on the 12th when they travel to the Czech Republic, where hopefully they can come away with a better result than the men last month. So Wembley, a sold-out Wembley Stadium no less, for the Lionesses, 90,000 tickets. Now you may think this is the first time the national team have played under the arch. Whilst the Women's FA Cup final has been played there since 2015, the Lionesses did in fact play there back in 2014. Coincidentally, against Germany. Now, before the arch, there was the Twin Towers of Wembley. Those were pulled down in 1999, and you'd be excused for thinking that the national team didn't play there either. But let me enlighten you. They did. Under the guise of England women, and long before the term lionesses was commonly used, they actually played there twice. Firstly, in 1988 against the Republic of Ireland, and then Sweden a year later. So I thought we'd take a look back at the women at Wembley and then take a look at the latest squad Phil Neville has announced with Rich Laverty. As I mentioned there, the first time England's women played at Wembley was the 17th of April 1988. It was a friendly and only 15 minutes each way and the opposition that day was the Republic of Ireland. It was played at Wembley as part of the Football League Centenary Tournament, where later in the day, the men's sides of Nottingham Forest played Sheffield Wednesday. England were coached by Martin Regan, and they scored in the first half, Jill Coulthard, with a penalty, and in so becomes the first woman to score at Wembley. And Marianne Spacey, with a first-time strike from the edge of the box in the second half, made it 2-0. Now, the full lineups are pretty sketchy, but there is some YouTube footage available. And you may remember when the Lionesses released their new kits ahead of the last World Cup. There was a lot of talk that this was the first time that they'd worn something different to the men. Well, I don't actually think this is really the case. As in this particular game, the girls wore a shirt the men had never worn. Mainly white, but with thick blue and red bands across the shoulders and chest. And the wording... Spal across the front. And whilst they had the three lions, they weren't within the shield that we currently know. Now, for a previous podcast, I spoke with Jill Coulthard, and this is what she said about playing at the old Wembley. 
well, it's iconic. It's anybody's dream to play at Wembley, whether you be a, a young boy or a young girl now. I mean, you know, to, to see that and, you know, the iconic Wembley with the Twin Towers. And I used to watch, you know, the FA Cup final every year when it used to be on, started at nine o'clock and you saw the TV cameras go into the hotels and be in the bedrooms and filming and I used to watch that all day and I just thought, oh God, yeah, I'd want to play at Wembley one day and I, I had the chance to do it with England and luckily enough, I was the first one to score a goal. I think it was a penalty, I think. But yeah, it's great. You know, it's one of them feelings. And for now, for the women to do it, yeah, it's changed. Obviously, the the Twin Towers, have, the towers have gone, but, you know, for anybody's dream to play at Wembley, it's, it's fantastic. Now, the next time at Wembley was the 23rd of May 1989, when Sweden were the visitors. The game was played early on in the day as the evening's game at the old stadium was a Rouse Cup match between England senior men and Chile. This time, the women's game was a full 90 minutes and attracted 3,150 spectators. The men's, well, they only got 15,500 and it could be said that the 3,000 who watched the women got the better value as they got to see two goals, whereas the men's ended nil-nil. Sadly, though, in the women's game, both goals went to Sweden. In fact, current manager of Brazil, whom the Lionesses recently played, is Pia Sundhager, a Swede. She scored the opener that day. Now, England's team that afternoon may not be names that you instantly recognise, but many of the current players refer to these players as the ones who kick-started the game in this country, those that worked during the week and played for very little or nothing at the weekend. So I think it's important to give them the credit. In goal was Terry Wiseman, there was Joe Broadhurst, Janet Murray, Debbie Bampton, Jackie Sherrard, Brenda Samper, Hope Powell, who went on to be manager of the Lionesses between 1998 and 2013, and she's currently in charge at Brighton Women. Also in the team that day, Gillian Coulthard, Marianne Spacey, Kerry Davis, Jane Stanley and Karen Walker. Now it would be 25 years before England women returned to the home of football. November 2014, reigning European champions Germany were the opposition. The towers had long been demolished and now replaced by a large shiny arch. 45,000 spectators this time descended on the new national stadium and this time under the stewardship of Mark Sampson. Now, some of these names you will recognise because the starting eleven that day was Karen Bardsley in goal, a defence of Alex Scott, Demi Stokes, Steph Houghton and Lucy Bronze, a midfield of Jordan Nobbs, Farrell Williams and Karen Carney, who was making her 100th appearance that day, and up front, Leanne Sanderson, Tony Duggan and Eni Aluko. Subs that day, who also made it onto the pitch, included Laura Bassett, Alex Greenwood, Joe Potter, Jill Scott, Frank Kirby, and Jodie Taylor. Now, despite losing 3-0, it could have been oh so different had Jordan Nobb's shot after 10 seconds gone in. Sadly, an Alex Scott own goal and two for the German captain, Celia Sasic, gave the Germans the win. And of course, it's also important that we acknowledge Team GB for their match at Wembley in 2012, where Steph Houghton, Karen Carney, Karen Bardsley, Alex Scott, Casey Stoney, Kelly Smith, 
Enia Luco, Sophie Bradley, Anita Asante and Jill Scott played in front of 70,000 against Brazil in the group match. And it was Steph Houghton who scored the only goal after two minutes. Now going back to that game in 2014 against Germany, the Germans winning when playing us is unfortunately a reoccurring theme. In the 24 times that England have played a unified Germany, we've only won the once. And that was to win the third place in the 2015 World Cup Finals. The Germans have in fact had the better of us on 19 occasions with only four draws. And with Germany second in the current FIFA rankings and England joint fifth with Sweden, it's likely to be another tough game, especially with England's most recent results and performances. But with a big home Wembley crowd, we can get a good performance and fingers crossed for a win. And as with the Lionesses' recent games, they've been double-headers and they're looking to get as much game time in and team spirit. As being hosts for the next European Championships, they don't have any qualifiers to play. So following Belgium and Norway and Brazil and Portugal, they pair up the Germany game with a trip to the Czech Republic. Whilst our record against Germany is a bit ropey, to say the least, uh, it is a little bit more positive against the Czechs. We've in fact played them three times, winning twice, firstly in a 2005 friendly at Walsall, where we ran out 4-1 winners, and in 2008 we faced them in two European Championship qualifiers for the tournament in 2009. Away, we won 5-1, and then we drew at home 0-0 in Doncaster. So shortly after last weekend's round of games, Phil Neville announced his squad and it consisted of the following. Three goalkeepers, Mary Earps, Ellie Roebuck and Carly Telford. Defenders, Millie Bright, Rachel Daly, Lucy Bronze, Abby McManus, Steph Houghton, Alex Greenwood and Demi Stokes. And then midfield, Bethany England, Jordan Nobbs, Jill Scott, Lucy Staniforth, Kira Walsh and Leah Williamson. And up front, Tony Duggan, Beth Mead, Lauren Hemp, Nikita Paris and Jodie Taylor. Now also included were Ellen White and Georgia Stanway. And now these two will train with the squad in a bid to prove their fitness. I'm not sure whether that means they will actually take part in any of the two games against Germany or the Czech Republic. Or they're just going for a, uh, a bit of a training session. We will wait and see. Perhaps Rich Laverty can shed a little bit more light on that for us. Now as we've done with the men's teams before, let's give the squad the full stats that they deserve. Now, it's a squad represented, as I say, by 21 players, an average age of 26.2, 848 caps between them, and a total of 125 goals. Now, six of the girls play abroad, but the club count is as follows. Manchester City have seven players in the squad. Chelsea have three Arsenal 3, Lyon 3, Manchester United 1, Houston Dash 1, Birmingham City 1, Atletico Madrid 1 and Rain FC 1. So I'd like to welcome back to the Three Lions podcast, Rich Laverty. Hello there. Hi Russell. How are you? Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, good. Thank you. 
Yeah, yeah, all good. Thank you. So 2014, the Germany game, the last time the Lionesses played at Wembley. Do you remember that one? Were you there? I wasn't there, but I do remember it. Yeah, I remember watching it. Yeah, it was a, uh, a wet old day, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a uh, wasn't a great result either. No, no, but there were a uh, a fair amount of players that played that day that are well are still around today and are in fact in the uh, in the latest squad, aren't there? Don't know. I think there's not been a massive amount of evolution over the years, but you know to, that that's not a criticism of Mark or Phil. I think it was at that time still coming out of the. Hope Powell era, it was quite a young squad, and obviously those players now, the likes of Tony Duggar and the likes of Jordan Nobbs, players like that, are now established. And obviously back then, they were the youngsters. You know, Lucy Bronze was a youngster. Demi Stokes, I think, played in that game. Yeah, uh, it has changed a bit. You know, I think obviously, I think Laura Bassett was involved. Farrah Williams, Cascani, I think Leanne Sanderson and and Enya Luko started up front as well. So you know, there has been changes, but. You know, it's good to see um, it's good to see some young players coming through now that are sort of following on from the Duggans and and the Nobses and and the Demi Stokeses, etc. Yeah, well, you say that, and I'm I'm looking through the the latest squad, mm. and I'm 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 kind of I don't know if I'm at a loss about it or or perhaps I'm just not reading into it correctly, but there doesn't seem this particular squad doesn't seem to be any sort of major new players within it and it I don't know if I'm being cynical but it's a lot of players that were there at the World Cup and it's just by chance we're playing this game at Wembley um I don't know what what's how do you feel about it yeah I think I might have imagined it but I'm sure I read a quote the other day from Phil talking about sort of rewarding the players that were at the World Cup with this occasion and okay you can see where you know you can see the logic in it um, you know, but at the end of the day, we can't go on like that forever. You know, we do have to start moving forward. We've got an Olympic Games. We've got, obviously, the Euros. But, you know, Phil has also said he's been quite open and honest in saying that the experienced players have been his top performers. You know, to an extent, I agree. When you think about Lucy Bronze, you think about Jill Scott, you think about... Karen Bardsley, Ellen White, you know, they, they probably were the four standout performers um, at the World Cup. But the flip side is the young players are only going to get better with opportunities. And mm. I think, you know, for uh, obviously, unfortunately, for Mannion's going to be out for the season with, with her ACL injury. But for Lauren Hemp, for Beth England, you know, I'd love to see them involved in this game. I think it's the experience. If they're going to go to major tournaments, it's the experience they need. But I think he's right. I think they do need to start stepping up because, in my opinion, while, yes, some of the the senior players have been key players, some of them haven't. You know, some of them have had quite average years, both internationally and and club levels. So we need those young players coming through to step in and and sort of take on that mantle now. Yeah, because, I mean, I guess you mentioned Aoife Mannion there, but other players who've been in the previous squads... Anna Patton, Alana Cook, Mel Lawley, uh, Chloe Kelly as well, I heard, was um, knocking in the goals in the WSL. They're going to think, oh, I've, I've been in previous squads and I'm, I'm missing out on this one. Yeah, I think for the US-based players, the likes of Anna Patton, who's been in before, I think they were coming in sort of fulfilled to see what they were like, to sort of for them to get used to the environment. I don't think we will see them as 
regular squad members whilst they're still at US colleges and universities. I think Mel was a little bit of a strange one. Um, Chloe, you know, Chloe's probably a little bit unlucky not to be in there again because she's the top scorer in the league um, this season. But, you know, maybe for another game, she would have been, like you said, maybe he is just rewarding those players that were at the World Cup and, and it's the outstanding talents in Beth England and, and Lauren Hemp and obviously Leah Williamson's now fully part of the squad and has been for a while, that are the only ones really making the grade regularly now and the others are going to drop in and out. But it does make me wonder, looking forward to the Olympic squad, how it's going to look because you know you have to drop so many players for that and then you have to take into account the fact that you can also call up players from three other countries. So I think it's going to be... I'm so interested to see what that squad is going to look like come next year. When is that announced, or when does is there a deadline on that? I'm not sure. It's obviously a, it's a while since it's happened to us because we weren't there four years ago, obviously. So True. I don't know. I, I assume it will be similar to a major tournament where it will get announced, you know, a, a month or two in advance. I'm I'm not honestly that sure. I think there is a long list that's been sort of sent around within within the, the the squad and the players. It's not available to the media. So I'm sure some Scottish and, and Welsh and maybe Northern Irish players know whether they're going to be involved, possibly. But there's a long way to go. And it's difficult because, for me, there are some quality players, particularly from Scotland and Wales, that would, if I'm being honest, walk into the England team right now. But he can't do anything with them, you know. It's not like he can just bring them in for a training camp to see what they're like, mm. you know. He's going to be going in kind of blind with it. It's, it's a really difficult job that he's got because, you know, he'll want to stay loyal to his players, he'll want to use his players, and, and, and then any players he does bring in, you know, he's he's risking upsetting any... Well, I mean, we're not particularly in form at the minute, but if we hit form before the Olympics, you can upset that because it's the, you, you, the first time you're going to get to use those players is... You know, leading up to the tournament, I think you get a couple of warm-up games, but that's really going to be it. If he brings in a Caroline Weir, an Erin Cuthbert, a Jess Fishlock, someone like that, there's such little preparation time to actually work out how do they actually fit into your team. Yeah, and you're going to have to educate me a little bit. I know Kim Little plays for Arsenal, but how many players play outside of the WSL? Would, would Phil have to be going into Wales or up to Scotland to see these players? I think the top players that would be involved, I think, are largely in the WSL. I think you think about Kim Little, you think about someone like Sophie Ingle at Chelsea, Hayley Ladd at Manchester United, Erin Cuthbert at Chelsea, um, Caroline Weir, uh, Man City, Jem Beatty, Arsenal. I think the only one, really, and it will depend on, on how quickly she comes back from her injury, is Jess Fishlock, the Welsh captain, who's obviously played out... Um, in Seattle for the last few years. Right. But I'm sure Phil knows all about Jess. You know, England have played against her. Jess has been around a long time. She's a quality player. But I think most of the players that are under consideration are are already within the WSL, to be honest. Okay. I mean, just going back to the, uh, the squad that he announced recently, two players that I'm, I'm not really sure how they're fitting in, Ellen White and Georgia Stanway, are training with the squad are they likely to get a game or in in the next two games yeah i can see it uh, obviously they both started for manchester city in atletico madrid the other day 
Ellen came on against Arsenal. Georgia mm. started against Arsenal. So they're fit. You know, they're clearly fit. What's his I reasoning think, behind a training yeah. player? I know we had, like, when we last spoke, we had, like, yeah, Yolanda Cluck, Lawley and, and Kelly yeah. as training players. I think Phil has basically said he's bringing them in to assess their fitness and see if they're ready to play, basically. And if they are ready to play, they will be put into the squad because he's left a couple of slots open in that squad. So if, if Ellen and George are trained this week um, and they're fine, they will both be involved at Wembley. I've got no doubt about it. And to be honest, I think they both will because, like I said, they've been playing for Manchester City. So unless there's a, a setback, I think they'll both be involved at Wembley. And if not, definitely against the Czech Republic. Yeah. What do we know about Germany other than they are pretty good and they regularly yeah. beat us? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they're actually missing a, a couple of key players at the moment. Uh, the goalkeeper, Almut Schultz, has been out for a bit. They're losing uh, Julia Vin, outstanding young player, was the best young player at the World Cup. She's out injured. Um, Alexander Pop, the captain's out injured. So they're missing a few players, but they've got a very, very exciting midfield and attack defensively not what they once were. So I think England will be looking to get at them, but England will have to improve defensively because Germany's attack is very, very good. They've got some really exciting young talents and we're going to need to improve because we haven't played well recently. And yeah, a defeat at Wembley in front of, you know, they're saying it's going to be a sellout crowd. Another defeat, it's not going to look very good. So um, the performance has to go up. And if the players can't raise the game for a game like this at Wembley, then I don't know what it says going forward. But I think it'll be a, it's going to be a massively tough match, but it's going to be a really exciting one and, and a really competitive one because they are two of the top teams in the world. Yeah. Oh, well, we played, obviously, Brazil and Portugal last month. I, I only saw the, the very brief highlights of Brazil, and I think I kind of fell asleep during Portugal. W- what did you make of those? Because, obviously, the, the Brazil defeat and they uh, a, a goal... Was it almost, oh, not by mistake, but it, it was a fortunate goal against Portugal? Mm. Yeah, I think they showed up our deficiencies at either end, that if we don't have Ellen White, where are the goals coming from? You know, Jodie Taylor, it's been a while now since we've seen a sort of do it regularly in an England shirt. Beth England probably didn't get as much game time as she should have. Obviously, she came on against Brazil and she scored. You know, Georgia Stanway's not had... The, the, well, she was missing from those camps, but she's not had the greatest 2019 in the world. She was excellent first half of last season, but the goals have kind of dried up. So you're kind of looking at Ellen at the minute, or Beth England, to lead that line. And at the other end, defensively, was still just really struggling. You know, against Brazil, both goals again were you know crosses or defensive errors or goalkeeper mistakes you know we're just at our own worst enemy at the back at the minute and a team like Germany is really going to expose that if it, if something doesn't change and you know I don't know what the centre-back pairing is going to be if it's Steph Horton and Millie Bright again I don't think Steph's in the best form I, I really don't I don't think Millie Bright has been in the best form I think she's improved a little bit more this season she obviously had a very tough World Cup but I'd be starting Leah Williamson. I really would. I think she's the best defender we've got at the minute. And, you know, she needs these experiences, you know, to, to be playing at Wembley because Leah wasn't really involved in the World Cup. 
I'm sure she'll be heavily involved at the Olympics, and I'm sure she'll be heavily involved at the Euros, and I'm sure she'll be heavily involved for years to come. So she needs these games, but it's not a case of a token gesture. She's good enough now to be playing in these games, and I think if we don't want to keep getting beat, we have to start playing our best defenders on form. At the minute, Leah's our number one defender. Right, yeah. I mean, going on to the the following game, the Czech Republic, what, what do we know about them? I saw um, that Arsenal played was it Slavia Prague um, in the Champions in the Women's Champions League, and I think the the goalkeeper is part of the national team, who's uh, a bit of a star in on her own right as well. Yeah, it's a little bit. I'm not going to sit here and profess to knowing everything about Czech Republic women's football team because I don't. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I mean the two club teams, Sparta and Slavia, have always done okay Champions League wise. Slavia particularly, but. It's an odd choice of game, really. I mean, Phil has said in the past, you know, with the fact that obviously everyone else at the minute is playing European Championship qualifiers, it's difficult to get those kind of teams. You know, the the the, the friendlies on a regular basis are not available, you know, hence why we've ended up playing Portugal, we've ended up playing Czech Republic, you know, we played Brazil instead of European teams. So I think it's basically a case of options of, of being limited, to be honest, in terms of which teams are available you know, it gives him a good chance to probably get Beth England maybe 90 minutes, to maybe get Lauren Hemp a game, you know, to get Leah Williamson more minutes and, and hopefully get a win, you know, and a, and a good win on the board because, you know, we should be beating a team like Czech Republic by a few goals. So, yeah, it's a weird one. I think it's probably come down to process of elimination, to be honest with you. Just who's left? Yeah. All oh, right. Okay. So back to Wembley. Yeah, you're you're going to be there. Are you in the... Uh... In the in the media seats, then are you? I'll be working. Yeah. Now, what's it like sitting there? What sort of view do you get from there? It's really good, actually. Yeah, but the first time I've been for a uh, a nighttime match. So all the other games I've done there have been the women's FA Cup finals, which are obviously all during the well evening time, but obviously middle of summer. So you get those nice summer evenings. Um, I'm sure it'd be cold. So I think we'll all be wrapping up because it's not the most with the stand. The top of the stand being about three miles above you, it's um, you don't get the most cover from the cold coming in. So, yeah. but yeah, you know, you get a great view, and I think it'll be a you know a really exciting occasion. And I think we're all looking forward to it. But I think I think we're all going into it with a bit of trepidation, sort of thinking, you know, how are we going to get beat? Is it going to be another defeat and and the fallout from that? And hopefully England can put in a a really good performance. But yeah, I think you always get a bit of an extra buzz off covering a game at Wembley when it's England you know it's the national stadium and it's uh, I always say you know it's always an honour to to cover these games you know we're very very lucky to do what we do yeah now looking forward to it Rich thank you very much for your time and uh, yeah enjoy the game no problem thanks very much Thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it and learned a little more about the women who've played at Wembley in the past. Now, if you'd like to see more of the previous England lineups and results, then please do head to englandlionesses.com. It's just a little website I'm constantly working on and updating. Now, if you're going to Wembley, do enjoy it. I myself am looking forward to it. Let me know how you found it by tweeting us at Three Lions Podcast, or you can find us on Facebook. And if you're going to the Czech Republic, safe journey there. Thanks, as always, to Rich Laverty. You can find him on Twitter 
at Rich J Laverty. Please do spread the word, like, subscribe and review at your usual podcast download place. As I mentioned, Twitter, Facebook and also Instagram. Just search Three Lions Podcast and threelionspodcast.com. That first game podcast that we mentioned at the beginning is still available and the Montenegro and Kosovo preview will be on its way very soon. So plenty to listen to. So until then, cheers. <laughs>